everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good, because He is faithful and good. Think about it, 2020 has turned many of our lives upside down, so who couldn't use a major dose of hope? I'd like to ask you to share this podcast with friends or on your social media outlets and perhaps review it on Apple so others will find this podcast easily. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and sprinkled in along the way will be additional Romans 828 stories from our She Writes for Him bootcamp graduates and others the Lord brings my way. So let's get started. Welcome to our episode today of the All Things Podcast. This is our first broadcast in October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So I have a very special guest for today's show. Judy Dunnigan is an acquisitions editor at Moody Publishers for the women's line of books and Bible studies. She helped launch a new women's Bible study line at Moody and loves equipping aspiring authors and speakers a wonder seeker who chases knowledge of God and his word, Judy is passionate about discipling women and making God's word come alive in everyday life. Judy has led women's Bible studies in her home, local church, and while living abroad in Austria, Brazil, and China. She is a graduate of Moody Bible Institute and Iowa State University, Judy serves on the board of Deeper Walk International, founded by her father, author Mark I. Bubeck. Like her father, Judy often teaches on the power of prayer and our protection and victory in Christ. Judy and her husband Rick live in the Colorado Mountains and are parents of two married daughters and grandparents of Liam, Quinn, and Wim. Visit Judy's blog where she writes about legacy makers and wonder seekers at judydunnigan.com. And just to give you a little more insight into Judy, here are a few little known facts. Judy loves going to the movies, reading great books, and riding with her husband Rick on ribbon highways in their Colorado mountains. But her family will tell you that all three of those things make her fall asleep in a minute thankfully only when Rick is driving. Like most baby boomer grandmas, Judy came up with a unique name for her grandchildren to call her. She thought Mia was a good option. Her first grandson couldn't say the word, so he deemed her Momo, and her other grandson, just one year old at the time, decided to click his tongue when asked to say Mia. Judy says now she's happy with whatever they want to call her. Right after Bible college in 1982-83, Judy served for a year on a mission based in Vienna, Austria. That was providing seminary level curriculum for pastors and leaders. 
in Eastern Europe, and that was under communism at the time. She would tell you that this is where God captured her heart for studying and teaching the word and never taking it for granted, as she met pastors who had been beaten, imprisoned, and almost killed for their belief in God and his word. Ten years later, with a family of her own, Judy moved to Beijing, China, due to her husband's job transfer. Again, she met persecuted Christians who inspired her to treasure his word and serve Jesus no matter what the cost. Judy's teaching on our victory in Christ and power of prayer was taught to her by her father, pastor and author Mark Bubeck, who wrote The Adversary and Warfare Praying, Biblical Strategies for Overcoming the Adversary in 1975 and 1984, respectively. Judy had the opportunity, and you'll hear about this on our conversation, to work on the updates of both those books with her father before his death in 2017. So let's go to our conversation, and I know it will bless you. All right. I have been so looking forward to our time together. Judy Dunnigan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Welcome. Athena, thank you. I'm so blessed to be with you and thank you for the invitation. You bet. Well, I, you know, I was thinking about who, God, who do you want me to have on the podcast in the month of October? Because it's kind of a, um, it's a month that uh, really brings attention to domestic violence and um, hard things. And uh, at the same time, we are actually launching a book uh, on the 13th of October called Overcoming the Narcissist, Sociopath, Psychopath, and Other Domestic Abusers, the Comprehensive Handbook to Recognize, Remove, and Recover from Abuse. So, you know, you just came to my mind, Judy, because of your involvement with your dad's books on spiritual warfare. And I thought, wow, this would be a perfect time to have you on the podcast. So I'm just so glad that you're able to be with us today. Well, Athena, thank you again. And um, the topic of spiritual warfare prayer and our protection in Christ is very near and dear to my heart because of my father's legacy with his books and his teaching and his ministry. So thank you. It means a lot. Amen. All right. So before we jump into that topic, what I would love to do is have our listeners just get to know you a little better. And, and so we'd love to have you just share a Romans 8.28 story of where God worked all things together for good for you when it maybe didn't look like he was going to. Oh, I love that question. And I love that verse. Um, I would say there was a season in my life back in, it started in 2003 where our family was just hit with one thing after another to where I thought it was going to take me under. Our daughter was struggling with some health issues. Our marriage was recovering from some trauma. Um, my mother was fighting Alzheimer's. My mother-in-law had stage four lymphoma. It was just one thing after another. And it was really easy for me to question God's goodness and purpose in all of that. 
But I can tell you on the other side of all of that, what God did and the beauty that came from it is I went so much deeper with my love for Jesus and his word. I was almost desperate for his word. There's a verse in Psalm 119 that said, if it hadn't been for your statutes, I would have died in my affliction. And I remember thinking, boy, that's how I felt during that time that I could almost die. And God's word. It was almost as if his word was giving me my next breath. I found time to just dwell in his word. Sometimes it would just be a verse like Romans 8, 28, or a verse in a favorite Psalm. And looking back, I can see how God used that time for me to fall more in love with Jesus and understand that I am desperate for him and that he truly is faithful. And he is the great comforter and the great protector. And that I will never be the same. And that wouldn't have come without the trials that I didn't understand at the time. Mm. I love that. And, you know, it sounds strange to actually look back and say, you know, I wouldn't want to change that as, as hard as it was, or as, you know, just the pain involved on so many fronts, but to see the good and, and realize I wouldn't want to change that. That's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. God took me with him and, and his word and just understanding more of his deep love for me and his compassionate heart um, meant everything. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, I would love to jump into, um, I'm holding a copy in my hand, Warfare Praying, Biblical Strategies for Overcoming the Adversary. And it was written by your dad and recently, I don't know how long ago was it that you did an updated, you worked on updating the actual book. Right. I worked for Moody Publishers and my father published with Moody. His first book was called The Adversary and that was published in 1975. And so even before I joined Moody, I happened to ask my dad, I said, Daddy, if Moody ever wants to update your book, I want to help you with it. And he said, well, they just contacted me. So that was that was in 2012. So I called Moody and said that I'm Mark Bubeck's daughter. And by then he was in his late 80s, still pretty sharp mentally, but struggled using a computer and all that. And I said, I'm Mark Bubeck's daughter. I'd love to help update the book with him. And I wrote the preface for that. And then Moody hired me and I work remotely for Moody. And after I started at Moody, I told them, you know, his second book, which used to be called Overcoming the Adversary, I said, it's such a strong book. It looks at all the armor and uh, God's protection of us. And so they said, go ahead and update that with him. So I got to do that and it came out and renamed Warfare Praying, like you just said. And that came out a year before the Lord took my sweet father home after battling cancer. So we got to do that just a year before he died. Wow. <laughs> well, I just think it's such a powerful, and I mean, I, use it personally as a resource. And I cannot rec I mean, I recommending it all the time to people and sending them free copies just because it's so powerful. Yeah. And we have to realize there is, um, you know, we can't just pretend that there's no enemy uh, or just think because we're saved and we're blood bought that he's not going to mess with us. Exactly. And there's such great tools, uh, the way, and it's so sound. So I just really appreciate that. Thank you for your hard work on that. But 
Could you tell us what the Bible teaches about the enemy of our souls? Yes, um, a verse that I think is really key is 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 9. And it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. But one thing I really want to say, Athena, is I do think sometimes we give too much credit to the enemy and forget how powerful our God is. And I have an example of that. I used to head up women's ministry at my church. And I remember counseling a woman, a precious woman who came to my office, and she probably had one of the hardest stories I've ever heard. She was in a, a marriage story that was really a hard marriage story, abusive marriage, and it was impacting her teen and young adult children who were questioning the goodness of God or if God even existed. She just had so much going on in her life. And I tried to encourage her in the word and found, gave her resources so that she would be safe and be able to get out of the home to be safe and prayed over her and, and we were gonna stay in contact for sure. But I remember after I said goodbye to her, I went back to my office and my head was almost down in defeat. And I prayed to the Lord, I said, your word tells us that the enemy is a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I asked the Lord, why does he have so much power? Why is he a roaring lion or like a roaring lion? And Athena, I'll never forget it. It was like the Holy Spirit said to me, yes, Judy, but I'm the bigger lion with the louder roar. I am the Lion of Judah. I'm on the throne. Satan is a defeated foe. He's on a leash. And I have given you all the tools through my death, resurrection, and ascension to fight the good fight against the enemy. And that is what God's word teaches us, that we have victory against the enemy because of what Jesus did for us. Exactly. Exactly. And I think we, in the church, we either go to one extreme or the other. We either think there's a demon behind every bush exactly. or we think of the devil as Flip Wilson and yeah. oh, the devil made me do it and we don't take him seriously. Right. And we really need this. And that's what I love so much about this book is that it just really takes a very balanced approach that is completely biblical. So, mm -hmm. so how do we fight the good fight against the enemy? Well, I, I love Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. That's a key passage. It's really no, known as the armor passage. And Paul wrote Ephesians, and there was a lot of spiritism going on in Ephesus. And I think he really had a burden for the people, for the Christians. And I assume that's why he wrote this passage. And so I would encourage your listeners to just dwell in that passage, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, where the armor is all spelled out. And in that, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That's mm -hmm. the key. That's verse 10. And that is what my passion is about. It's because of his might that we can be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We cannot fight the enemy on our own. And then right after that, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And then it tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. But then verse 13, therefore, take up 
the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So I really want to encourage to me the armor that this whole passage talks about. And as your listeners read that, all the pieces of the armor are there. I see the armor as who Jesus Christ is. He is our armor. So it's his um, righteousness that's our breastplate. It's his salvation that he's given us that can guard our minds with the helmet of salvation. It's his peace. He's the prince of peace that we can walk in those shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. And then I love thinking of the shield of faith. I used to think it was my faith that had to shield me. And that was so discouraging because my faith ebbs and flows every day, as I know yours does as well, Athena. That's because we're human. Right. We hear in Psalm 91, it says the shield of his faithfulness. And I really believe the shield is his faithfulness that covers me. I like to think of the armor covering me from the top of my head to the tip of my toes, above, below, left and right, front and behind, all the corners of me, like I'm capsuled in it against the fiery darts of the enemy. Mm. Hurls at us. Verse 16 calls them flaming darts of the evil one. Yep. And so hiding in um, that shield of his faithfulness. And then the key, the offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, tells us right in verse 17, which is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so you almost think of it as that you can wield the sword of the spirit against the enemy. And that is such a key. Um, our Lord Jesus modeled that when the enemy came at him in the wilderness. Remember, he had just fasted for 40 days and he was Yes, he was God, but he was also human. He had to be exhausted because he had been alone and the enemy comes at him and everything the enemy threw at Jesus, Jesus' counter was the word of God, was scripture. Exactly. It's almost like hand-to-hand combat that they were having because the enemy even used scripture. He went to Psalm 91 and talked about the angels will lift you up. The enemy went to Psalm 91, which... I think it's pretty silly because Psalm 91 is one of the most powerful Psalms about our protection and our power uh, against the enemy. Um, But Jesus, in his weakness even, he just kept using that sword of the spirit. And then verse 18 in that passage says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And what that's really talking about is prayer is also a weapon. So you've got God's word and you've got prayer. And I'd love to, as we're talking more, I can um, give some ideas of how to use prayer as a weapon against the enemy. Mm, That is so good. And it's something that we, I mean, I've gotten in the habit. I put on my armor every morning. And if I don't, I I can tell the difference between really not doing my part of standing on that word and saying, I'm wearing it today and I'm going to apply the word to to whatever I run into. And that's so powerful. Yeah, I I gave this, I shared this um, in a workshop, this idea of Jesus, it's his covering, it's who he is that covers us. And a woman came up to me the next morning said she never thought of it that way. And she almost had a picture, not a vision, but she had a picture of like Jesus handing her the armor each morning. Like here's your salvation. Here's your breastplate of righteousness. Here's your belt of truth. My truth. I loved that. Um, Yeah. And uh, I just heard of a song, a lullaby song called head to toe. And it's about the armor. And I thought what a neat way to think of it is you're covered head to toe. 
by yeah. who he is, by his armor. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. So, you know, in, in whether someone's listening today who is in a uh, situation where they're not safe, where there's domestic violence or, um, I mean, even, you know, beyond that with everything that's going on in our world right now, sometimes we can be so gripped with fear that it's hard to even pray or read the Bible. So what do you suggest about what to do when that happens? Great question. And I first want to say, if any listener, obviously, if they are in danger, they must flee and get to a safe place. We never want a listener to think we're saying, you know, if you pray and listen to worship music, you're going to be protected in a violent marriage. And so, um, but let's just say you have fled or your husband's not in the home uh, and you're finding it hard to even get your mind to focus on God and to trust him or to pray. And in that season of my life, I did not have domestic violence in my marriage, but, but with all those things I mentioned, the health issues and other things, I could not sleep I, and I could not um, pray. It was just my mind was going everywhere. And one thing a mentor shared with me is to listen to worship music, you know, with earphones as you try to fall asleep and to keep your thoughts captive to the lyrics of the worship music and that rescued me many times. I remember at that season, I even said um, to my husband once, we were just praying and right before going to sleep, I said, you know, this wasn't supposed to be my story. And it was, I was really saying more to God, like I was not happy with the circumstances in my life at the time. I said, this was not supposed to be my story. And I'll never forget, I went to bed, I had earphones on and I put in a worship CD I had not listened to yet, a new CD. And in the middle of all this contemporary worship music was an old hymn, Blessed Assurance. So keep in mind, I had just said this wasn't supposed to be my story. And I'm listening to the lyrics of that old hymn, and it goes, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of the Spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And when I got to the part... This is my story. I was crying because I just said this wasn't supposed to be my story. And God was using worship music to tell me that I am an heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of the spirit, washed in his blood. And Athena, I'll never forget what God did in my heart that day um, mm -hmm. through through music. And, and then another way to uh, with prayer is there are some beautifully written prayers, and I found those to be so helpful. There's a lot in my father's book, Warfare Praying. Um, Moody Publishers also has a pamphlet that he's done of written prayers that are all full of scripture. There's one about um, praying over your marriage or praying over a child. Um, there's all different prayers, and I, it's a beautiful resource because sometimes you can't pray. And I think reading prayers that they have scripture in them, it, it almost teaches you how to pray when you're in a battle. And I pray those out loud. Um, and so those are some great resources. My father's written prayers on Psalm 91 that I can share with your listeners a way to get it to them. We'll probably share that at the end. But just going to scripture and praying scripture is another way to keep your thoughts captive and to help you in prayer. And Psalm 91, I think, is one of the most powerful psalms about protection in Christ. I know uh, wives or mothers of soldiers have prayed that over loved ones who are deployed. I know we prayed that over a daughter who was leaving the Lord in college. We thought we were 
she wasn't going to come back to the Lord and she did. And we used to, my husband and I used to pray that Psalm over her life as well. So those are just some examples. Worship music. And um, one other thing I wanted to mention is weeping and wrestling prayer where you can really wrestle and weep to the Lord. He want he knows like any good father, he wants you to come to him with your lamenting prayers. And I don't think that's taught enough in church uh, from God's word. And there's more lamenting Psalms than there are praises, you know, so. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but I feel like something changes in the atmosphere when I pray the prayers out loud, first person. Yes, yes. I totally agree with that. And I don't know why, whether, I mean, part of it is what it does when our brain hears our voice say those words. Mm -hmm. but also, I, I just think it puts the enemy on notice that, yeah. you know, we're serious here. Right. I mean, he has to, the enemy has to flee and quit harassing you if you're using scripture that way. And it's like what I said, how Jesus modeled that. Like, it's like a weapon. It truly is a sword that fights the good fight against the enemy and all of his shenanigans that he throws at us. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've talked about Psalm 91 and you talk about it a lot in your teaching and writing. So tell us more about why you're drawn to Psalm 91 and why you see that as a warfare song. Well, part of it is my father's teaching. He would teach on this song a lot. And I inherited his Bible. And as you know, I'll never forget when I turned to Psalm 91 after he passed away to see how marked up it was, or even the sides of the pages were kind of dirty because I knew you could just tell he had dwelled, dwelt in that Psalm and prayed it over our family. And um, I can just share a little bit about even the first four verses, but the whole Psalm is so powerful. And I, I heard once COVID hit and just the fear that people were facing about the pestilence that many were referring to Psalm 91. I even have a blog post that I called Psalm 911 because Psalm 911 is such a powerful verse. Uh, uh, nice. Yeah. So is I might just read the first four verses as an example. Yes. Yeah. She, he or she, I like to say, he or she who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. So just those four verses, actually the first two, there's four different names of God, most high, almighty, Lord, which is in all caps, and God. And so most high means Elyon, like the highest of the high. Mm. Almighty in Hebrew is El Shaddai, which I recently learned one meaning of that is God of the mountains. And I live in the mountains. And every mm. time I look at the mountains, I just feel like they're shouting how almighty our God is. And then when you see Lord in all caps, that's Jehovah. That's like Yahweh. And then God is, there is Elohim, which is our mighty God. And so you can, an example how to pray scripture, when you're really feeling under it or you're not feeling safe, you can 
let's, I'm just going to use an example that I'm praying this for my sweet daughter, my, my sweet granddaughter, whose name is Quinn. Um, Jesus, thank you that Quinn dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Thank you that she can rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of you, Lord Jehovah, that you are Quinn's refuge and fortress. You are the God in whom she can trust. And then um, verse five, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. So you read those verses, dear ones, if you're in abusive marriage, just cling to those. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the picture in the first four verses where it says, verse four, he'll cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. Mm-hmm. I my dad teaching about that because he grew up on a farm and he would talk about prairie fires that he'd find a dead hen and kind of kick her away and her little chicks would come out from under her. And so that sense of totally hovering and protecting under his wings is such a picture of the heart of our father, God. And and when Jesus died for us, really. Um, And then also those verses, all the ways he's our shelter, he's our shadow, he's our refuge fortress. Um, saving us from the fowler's snare. I think of that as the enemy and the deadly pestilence that he throws at us. And then it's also verse four, he's our shield. That's where I mentioned faithfulness will be your shield. And I love the word rampart. I never knew what that was. I looked it up and it means protective barrier, like a, mm-hmm. like a fence. You know, you talk a lot about the hedge of protection of God and that's what rampart is. So I could go on and on with this whole, wow. this whole chapter, but um Hopefully, that's a good way to dwell in scripture. I think you can journal and turn this passage into a prayer where you're just crying out to the Lord. Perhaps you're praying for your own protection or that of your children, or you have a prodigal son that you're praying back to the Lord. This is a beautiful psalm and a great way to use it as a weapon against the enemy, God's word. And it's just such a powerful way for for someone who is in a situation where they are not safe in their marriage and they have to flee. Yes. I mean, there's so much fear, even just in that fleeing, uh, what's he going to do? How, you know, all of that, this is a perfect Psalm mm-hmm. for that moment in, well, <laughs> it's not always just a moment. It's usually, you know, a long, extended period of time when that Psalm should be, every day that should be that uh you know just holding on to that and believing what god says that's right yeah yes and and i think what i mentioned that wrestling piece or lamenting that changed my life from some counseling i had a great therapist who said i don't think anyone's ever taught you about the grieving god and i'm like what are you talking about you know i grew up sunny school or if you're happy and you know it clap your hands i'm happy 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 <laughs> and i think there's a lot of that but we see when jesus walked this groaning earth that he wept and he grieved but we're also told in romans um, there's a verse about the holy spirit when there are no words that he groans and i think many of your listeners will, can cling to that that the holy spirit is groaning for them and in that same Romans passage, it says Jesus, who's seated at the right hand of the throne of God, is interceding for us. Yeah. 
So the triune God is groaning and interceding. And the fact that God even is aware of us should take our breath away. And that is truth. The enemy's going to try to thwart that. He's going to send lies to where you'll question his goodness and his protection, his love of you. And that's the thing to fight with scripture and prayer. And that is that is probably one of his most common strategies is, did God really say, yes. you know, the sarcasm that he, you know, used on Jesus at the end of those 40 days of fasting, you know, even though he was quoting scripture at Jesus, he was doing it, I mean, with a sneer yes. and yes. trying to get Jesus to doubt who God was. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh man, that just, <laughs> that so gets me going. We have to use the word to combat that. Yeah. And, you know, because he, he, there's nothing new under the sun. He uses the same tactics on all of us. And, you know, the better we're equipped to stand in the truth. Right. You know, it's going to make a huge difference. Okay. So we are almost out of time. Uh, before I have you share our um, special offer with for our listeners, a couple of free books, um, I would love to have you share a few tips or tools that would just help our listeners zero in on how God really is working all things together for good. Well, I think I, a lot of what I've shared can even apply to that. Um, mm. I mentioned that time in my life where one thing came after the other and I was precariously on the edge of questioning his goodness and faithfulness. And I've known him since I was an itty bitty girl. And I sensed that I had to dwell in the word. And I'm not talking about a good Christian girl thing where you check off. I had my quiet time this morning, but when you're desperate and there's one so much coming at you that is making you even question that God is good or faithful, I just say dwell in the Psalms and and just cling to those. And he will show you how all things work together for good, even those hardest things. And the whole idea of worship music. I want to mention just because some of the listeners I know have little ones that are fearful and have been through a lot of trauma. And Christy Knuckles is a Christian artist, singer, and she has lullabies for the beloved And that I had mentioned head to toe. That's where that song is about the armor. And it's just beautiful, beautiful music, doctrinally sound, a lot of scripture. Then Shane and Shane also has a song 91. And then, of course, Laura Dangle and her rescue song. Um, So I think some of us will never know this side of heaven, some trauma we've been through, how it works for good. But someday the promise is, that all our tears will be wiped away. We'll be with our Lord Jesus finally, worshiping him and in his presence. And he will make it more clear what it all was about. So I'm not saying you're always going to know this side of heaven, but he is so faithful in showing you his faithfulness and his goodness. Um, When my mother was dying of Alzheimer's, I found a note she wrote that said, I'm fading away, but Jesus is keeping me every day. Mm -hmm. And, um, she, it was a horrific 15 years. Just It was so hard to understand. But she just kept clinging to him and knew that he was going to keep her. And someday she'd understand um, why she had Alzheimer's. Mm. 
So um, I figured it out at her funeral when my daughters grew up only knowing their grandmother with Alzheimer's and my daughter's eulogy. It was my aha moment that I feel like my mom's battle with Alzheimer's was more to show my daughters how faithful he is in the darkest hours of life you know, young women who learned that from their grandmother and grandfather watching how they handled Alzheimer's. Wow. Mm. Okay. So, um, you have, I I was going to ask you where's the best place for listeners to find you and connect with you online. So why don't we tie that in with our special offer of a couple of free books that you're going to send out. Why don't you tell us what we're going to do? Okay. Well, my blog website is my name. So Judy Dunnigan.com. Judy's J-U-D-Y. Dunnigan's D as in David. U-N-A-G-A-N.com. And so if they would like to um, subscribe to my blog, I don't even write that much, so they're not going to get a lot in their inbox, but that will help me get their name and email. And so the first two who do that when this airs, um, I'll grab their email and find out how to send them these resources. So the first would be my dad's book that you've already mentioned, Warfare Brain, Biblical Strategies for Overcoming the Adversary. His name's Mark Bubeck, B-U-B-E-C-K. And then the other book I wanted to mention is um, called The Unseen Companion. And it's written by a dear woman. Her name's Michelle Centers. And um, she was in a very hard marriage. And then she also had a stalker. And her book is so beautiful, it's Unseen Companion. And it's geared to single moms, but it's resonating with women who are in very hard marriages as well, because the whole book is about Jesus' faithfulness. She has written prayers in there and scriptures. And so I'd like that to be the other resource that I'd send to those two women who uh, call in. They can find those resources too at moviepublishers.com. And if they want to find those prayers my father's written, um, they can just type in his last name again, Bubeck, B-U-B-E-C-K. That pamphlet of prayers is a wonderful resource. So, Wonderful. um, Yeah. Well, so, okay, ladies, uh, the first two of you who go to um, judydunnigan.com and subscribe to her blog will um, win either Warfare Praying or The Unseen Companion. And uh, that'll just be, I just love that. And uh, I think that's a a great way to be able to share some important resources. So Judy, thank you so, so much for being with us today. It was just a delight to have you on. Well, Athena, thank you for having me. It's it's just been a sweet time to connect with you. And just, um, I will be praying for those who will listen to this. I'm a prayer warrior and I'll be praying for them. And um, just so grateful for this opportunity. Amen. Well, I am going to just take a few minutes to share with you what stood out to me from this conversation. Um, Judy has such a rich background and foundation in the word and in understanding the truth of our authority in Christ. And I wanted to just point out in her Romans 8.28 story, you know, you didn't necessarily see, oh yes, God worked all things together for good in everybody got healed and 
all the circumstances were changed. It wasn't necessarily that. That wasn't how he worked in this instance. What he did was he drew her to himself in the midst of that um, just one after another painful situations. He didn't necessarily change the situations, but he changed Judy and drew her in a way and deepened her faith in a way that never would have happened any other way. So that just so encouraged me. And I wanted to make sure that I spotlighted that truth because some people, and I don't ever want to make it sound like Romans 8.28 means he makes everything good. And he undoes and changes every single situation because he doesn't always do that. He works all things together for good. But it looks different with every person and it just spotlights the goodness of God. But he's not our magic genie that just comes in and heals every single situation and makes everything happy and perfect. So, I don't know, that was one thing that stuck out to me. I loved the story of counseling the woman in the abusive marriage and how the Lord spoke to her saying, yeah, he may be a roaring lion, but I'm a bigger lion with a louder roar. Ooh, that was good. And um, just her focus on the armor being that Jesus himself is our armor and that all of those characteristics of the armor are who he is. And our part is to take up that armor, to put it on every day. And uh, it's not our faith that shields us. It's the shield of his faithfulness. That was powerful. That's a game changer right there. So I love that she focused on us needing to fight with the word. That's something that I am a big proponent of. That's our example is Jesus fought Satan in the wilderness when he was being tempted with the word of God, even though Satan used the word of God to tempt him to sin. So a couple other things that jumped out at me. I just love the idea of using prayer as a weapon against the enemy. It's true. You know, we think about the shield and the helmet and but really prayer is that is such a powerful weapon against the enemy because especially when you're praying God's word so just uh, an actual actual yes yes amen on when she mentioned Judy mentioned that if you are in a place of uh, danger. You're in an abusive marriage, a violent marriage. Uh, 
you don't just stay there and put your armor on and, you know, pray a lot and listen to lots of worship music. No, you flee and you get to a safe place first. And uh, I just want to emphasize that because we're this month we're going to be talking a lot about this issue in our society today and even more so in the church where there is abuse, violent abuse going on behind closed doors, even with those who call themselves Christian husbands. And um, with our book launch this month of Overcoming the Narcissist, Sociopath, Psychopath, and Other Domestic Abusers, we are really beginning to spotlight this truth and our prayer is for women in these situations to flee and to get into a safe place where they can heal and not continue to put themselves in harm's way. So um, I loved the idea of praying scripture out loud to keep our thoughts captive. So important when we are in a really very fearful and scary situation and then the weeping and wrestling prayer isn't taught enough I cannot agree more uh, we need to learn how to lament and uh, I interviewed on my always faithful radio broadcast a few years ago well huh, probably four years ago um, the gal who wrote uh Esther Fleece, she wrote a book called No More Faking Fine. And that was all about learning to lament. So that is such a powerful thing for us to grab a hold of. If you think about it, the grieving God, Jesus wept. The Holy Spirit groans through us when we have no words and Jesus intercedes for us. I loved how Judy spotlighted that. So, yeah, please uh, take advantage of getting on her email list for her blog and perhaps winning the Warfare Praying Book or the Unseen Companion, the two giveaways that she offered today. Uh, and if you, didn't, if you don't win those, I would highly recommend you going over to Amazon and buying both, or Moody Publishers, and buying both The Warfare Praying Book by Mark Bubeck and The Unseen Companion by Michelle Centers. So I hope today encourage you, you might not be a person who is in a abusive situation in your home, but I can promise you there is someone that you know that is, even if they're not talking about it. So I want to encourage you to uh, be prayerful. Be asking God to show you where you can be that safe person for someone who is struggling and not even wanting to admit the truth of the fear and the abuse that's going on behind closed doors. Uh, scripture says to not have anything to do with evil but expose it and that's what I believe we're doing this month 
in a maybe a louder fashion than normal. So please do stay tuned for next week's interview with Charlene Quint, the author of Overcoming the Narcissist, the Sociopath, the Psychopath, and Other Domestic Abusers. Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to recommend the Redeemed and Restored podcast that I host over on my YouTube channel on video and on audio as well. Check out AthenaDeanHoltz.com for details. So thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next week as we continue to spotlight our Romans 828 God, who really does work all things together for good. Bye for now.